and welcome to PCTY Talks. I'm your host, Sherry Simpson. During our time together, we'll stay close to the news and info you need to succeed as an HR pro. And together, we'll explore topics around HR thought leadership, compliance, and real-life HR situations we face every day. On today's episode, I have Karina Nation with me. She is the Manager of Strategic Initiatives and Broker Relations at BTR, the Benefits Technology Resources Organization. Karina, thanks for jumping on with me. Thanks for having me, Sherry. Good to be here. So the topic we're going to talk about today is HCMs. I've realized that working for an HCM company, that it was probably about time we help people decide how they pick out an HCM. So let's start with the basics. What's the difference between an HCM and a payroll solution? Well, don't you love the industry we're in where there's just acronyms upon acronyms? So, um, you know, HCM or human capital management, um, think about, I like to describe to our clients as this umbrella of technology. It's not just this one single solution or one single function. An, an HCM provider or vendor really has this whole spectrum of services, um, employee engagement tools, um, and, and different, and different, I guess, roadmap products that they're constantly rolling out and investing money into um, across that entire employee experience dynamic. So human capital management is not just a one and done, you know, a, a payroll solution. It's a lot more than that. And um, there's just a, there's a lot of different kinds to HCMs even. So it's, it can get a little complex, but the, the most simple definition is a technology um, provider who offers um, some tools uh, and resources and technologies that accommodate that entire employee lifecycle or employee um, spectrum, if you will. I like that you touched on employee experience. I, you know, in my career, obviously I've worked with payroll providers compared to HCM providers. And I feel like when you implement an HCM, you are ratcheting up your employee experience because now you're weaving in technology to activate all the other things you're working on in your business. In a very major way. Uh, you know, we, we see some clients not, not realize that impact until they're fully in it and that change management aspect kind of kicks in. So the employee experience is not just this siloed, you know, checkbox that you can check. It really is a culmination of all of these different experiences that an employee goes through. You know, from an admin perspective, sometimes we get a little consumed, me included, with, okay, I've got, I need, I need an onboarding solution. I need payroll solution. I need a bin admin or benefit solution. And we almost start to see them as very transactional kind of onesie twosie experiences. But if we think about the employee, they don't see it that way. They don't see it or experience it in those silos that we sometimes get in. And, and they, they see it as this, again, I'll, I'll keep going back to this, the spectrum or this continuation of what they can expect from work, what they can expect to experience as an employee at your organization. And, and technology is really, is, is really, you know, giving them a continuation of that and not treating every individual experience or event as a silo. It's, it's saying, you know, hey, we're real people and we actually need um, some consistency and some, some ways that we can experience this a little, a little easier than maybe one by one by one, <laughs> which again, sometimes we get, we get consumed with, and we see a lot of, you know, clients, employers 
think about it that way. But if we shift that mindset, we start to really put the human back in all of this. I love that. You know, and, and it leads into my next question. And you've already kind of talked about what's the value for employees, but what's the value for uh, an organization and an HR department in picking an HCM? Well, the value, I guess a better question would be, what wouldn't the value be? Um, you know, I, I have a unique perspective on this in that I think that every company today is a technology company. I really do because of where we're at in this age of digitization, um, how far and how fast COVID has pushed a lot of companies into this age of digital. And so, you know, we've seen this big shift over the last 15 years where it is about the employee experience like we talked about, but an HCM still needs to do those basic blocking and tackling pieces which is take care of some of those manual processes, you know, no more, no more spreadsheets, no more paper files, no more, um, you know, uh, running something down the hall when you need an update to payroll really quick. You know, there's, there's, there's definitely been this, this push to that. And for some it's easier than others to get to, but we can't overlook you know, employee experience is really exciting and fun. And, and that's where HR leaders uh, and, and owners are really trying to focus, but you have to meet clients where they're at. And sometimes that basic blocking and tackling of just getting those manual processes in the cloud or in a technology platform can kind of let you rest easier at night, um, knowing that now I can kind of focus on some of those more strategic things. So that's the, been a huge value. Nobody wants to wrestle manual time cards anymore. You know, there's just, there's just so many of the smaller things that, you know, sometimes get overlooked now, but really shouldn't, especially if that is where you are. And that is, those are some of the things that you're struggling with today. I feel like you just walked me down like HR history link, because I have done <laughs> all of those things, running things to payroll last minute, um, tracking down time oh. cards, all of it. You know, when I implemented an HCM at my last organization, um, and I just did a study as to how much time it was going to save me. And per hire, it was like four hours um, just for onboarding in itself, uh, implementing an HCM. So there's definitely right. value across the board. But you did a study, though, and I love that. I did. Like you, you, you have to take the time to really think about it because some, in some organizations, that ROI, that hard, that hard number of here's how many hours I'm spending a week on onboarding. Here's how many hours I'm spending a week on reconciling this carrier bill. You know that and you get that, but others maybe in leadership or in your C-suite may not. So taking the time to actually put pen to paper, which is my, like my favorite mantra, did you put that to paper? Have you, have you documented that and really calculating that? Sometimes that's what you ultimately need to do in order to say, do you want to, do you want me to spend my time here or do you want me to spend my time here? Because this is where the technology can really bridge that gap. Yeah. Um, so let's say you're listening and you're at the point now where you're like, okay, you've convinced me. I need to go look at HCM providers. Where do they begin? How do they start to decide uh, what they need and, and ultimately how they're going to make that decision? Please, please, please do not immediately go Google best HCM providers. Um, we, you know, that may, may, may be a good starting point for some, but um, take, take a pushback from the desk from that and really start with an internal interview circuit. 
So go to your CHO or your CHRO, your CEO, your IT department lead, your hiring manager, whatever your org chart looks like, start internal and really get a sense of the business objectives of the organization. This is something that is going to save you a lot of time and hassle in, in getting that buy-in later process, a later date, whenever it's time to look at those seriously. Um, and it will force you to view the organization as a holistic unit, which it should be, right? Organizations, businesses, they're, they're well-oiled machines that all operate um, because each individual team or unit is, is talking to each other, hopefully, right? Uh, efficiently, we understand what we're working towards. It's this new product, or we want to get more into this region, or you know, whatever your business objectives look like, get a sense of that, feel really comfortable with that. And the only way you can do that is to, is to go and have those conversations with your leadership team, with your department heads, whomever, and get that sense. So really defining those business objectives of where do we want to be in two, three, four, five years. And that'll bring you back in to say, okay, here's my objectives. I've written them down. I've put pen to paper. I understand where everyone fits. I've learned something new. Now I need to look and marry that up with my wish list item. You know, we are doing a manual onboarding process, and that is really affecting our time to hire and getting someone out on the line. And that's been a big deal to my you know, supervisor over product or whomever. So marrying those two um, and really expanding out and thinking about the business has been, I think, the most successful starting point. Um, it sounds a lot more time heavy of an investment than it than it really is. It could just be a day or two that you're actually going out and having those conversations. Um, and then defining that wish list and writing down that wish list. Okay, here's how we're going to make these two go together and thinking about it in a longer term uh, scale versus we need this right now and we just need to pull and, and go out there and get something um, pausing and doing that due diligence really does set you up for a longer, more, more fruitful relationship once you are ready to go into that purchasing environment um, and really make a decision on a provider. One of the questions that I asked my management team when I was going through this is, what current process now, HR payroll driven, is your biggest pain point? And yeah. I learned so much by asking that question um, yeah. Some of it was an opportunity for me to provide some coaching, <laughs> um, but also some of it was like, sure. hey, I didn't realize that that was such a pain point. I, I was unaware. Right, right. And that's what ultimately happens is, you know, this is a pretty famous story that we have amongst the, the BTR team, which is, you know, we were working with a client and the HR team and the CHRO were evaluating a new system. They wanted our help. And we encourage them, you know, why don't you do a survey? Why don't you go ask, you know, your, your, some of your frontline people, some of your managers, like what, what's their biggest pain point right now? Like what's going on with them? And so they did. And I kid you not, Sherry, they came back and said, we really just need more pencils in our trucks because we keep running out of pencils and pens to complete our order. So it's making, it's making it really challenging. So obviously there's some, some disconnect. Um, but you know, what that does is it, it, again, you'll hear me say this, it meets people where they, where they are. 
And, um, you know, sometimes there is that disconnect, but like you said, it could open up some real opportunity for some of those smaller wins to happen. And then you can use that to feed into your larger HR tech strategy of, of where you want to go and who you want to partner with on that front. So now that we've done our research, let's get a little tactical. What are the things that I should be looking at when I'm looking at an HCM and maybe kind of what are some of the questions I should be asking vendors as I'm interviewing for the right fit for my organization? Yeah, that's a really great question. And it's, it's definitely multifaceted. So, you know, as, as someone who does this a lot and, and firmly believes in doing the proper due diligence on the front end, um, I would say I would narrow it down to the top three areas to focus in on, which would be your priorities. You know, where do you really see um, the need and the value of a new HCM system? Is it, is it getting payroll out on time? Is it making sure that performance reviews kind of shift to this more ongoing dialogue? Is it just getting good time card information, you know, and, and having the right approval workflow workflow work so that, you know, things aren't getting held up when you go to process. Um, you know, so identifying some of those priorities and those wish list items and then really sticking to them. So really thinking about, I need this. These are nice to haves and I'll consider those, but I really need to stick with my core four, five, six, whatever that looks like. And, and again, writing it out, documenting it, maybe assigning some weight to each of them and saying, this is a non-negotiable, um, you know, a really solid process around onboarding is a non-negotiable. I need that to work really seamlessly um, and, and sticking to it. And again, that's where some of those dialogues that you've had up to this point are really helpful and influential to say, okay, here is the weight, here are the priorities that we need. Um, and again, I'm oversimplifying, uh, but, you know, I think really sticking to a set of priorities and wish lists, like this is what I need the technology to do. And then actually defining here's how I need it to look and being open to new processes and being open to new ways of, of handling some of the things you've had in the past. Um, the second biggest thing is budget. So we often see clients kind of go out into the market and, and have really unrealistic expectations around what is this actually going to cost me? Oh, that seems really, really high, or that seems really low. They actually never say that. They always say it seems really, really high. Um, is this accurate? Is this, is this reasonable? And to that, I would say, you know, lean on your, your either a third-party consultant or your vendor um, the vendor folks that you're talking to and, and getting proposals from and thinking about and, and just having really candid conversations with them. Um, you know, these vendors are in this day in and day out. They talk with hundreds of clients and employers. So um, getting a sense of what's, what's, you know, reasonable versus what's, what's not, I think you can also do that in peer groups. So reaching out to your network, your, your HR professionals who are using a system or have experienced or gone through an implementation and know what to expect money-wise, you know, getting a lot of that feedback has been really helpful as well. Um, but it is, it is very, a very varied market. And a lot of times having kind of that bigger uh, understanding of, okay, this one's on the little lower end. 
this this one's probably right in the middle and this one's definitely high. Why is that? Maybe they're maybe they're not in our market. Maybe they maybe they serve clients who are a little larger than us typically. Or maybe, you know, that client, they're that friend that works at a, a large, large, large organization and uses a different provider. That they probably have a larger budget than us, and maybe there are different providers in that space. So um, I think budget is absolutely critical and and ab- and having that range and being really transparent with your provider or your vendor that you're interviewing and saying, here's our budget. Is this reasonable? Can you accommodate this based on our wish list? And having a really, like I said, a dialogue, a, a, a partnership conversation for them to say, you're actually a little out of that because you're wanting this, this, and this. If you kind of scale back, we can get there. Or um, maybe we think about a two or three-year deployment strategy. You know, there's there's a lot of different ways that you can have that conversation and, and walk away a much more educated consumer in the process. Um, and then timeline. Timeline's the third one. I cannot cannot stress timeline. I'm a timeline queen. You know, a lot of a lot of clients and maybe employers who are listening to this, you know, well, it should be relatively fast. It should be easy, quick and easy, no big deal. We can get this thing running overnight. Um, and maybe in some cases, depending on the size of your of your um, of your organization, but timelines are really, really important for the success of that long-term partnership. So again, getting that timeline information, understanding how long is this going to take for us? How many resources are we going to have to commit to this? Um, Do we have those resources available now? Um, Am I being realistic or open-minded about what the providers are saying that a good timeline looks like? Do I want to risk Am I okay with the risk if we if we you know shorten that timeline or try to rush through a timeline to get a new HCM set up? So on average, you're looking at you know 30 up to 90, 120 days. And there's a huge range in timeline depending on you know what technology specifically you're deploying, how large of a client you are, how many complexities you are. Some of the more complex clients that Sherry, I'm sure you and me have ever worked with. They're not that large, you know, maybe just 200, 300 employees, and they are the most complex group we've ever seen. And they take a lot longer to set up that system, depending on what technology was included, um, the resources available on their team, the integrity of the data that they're trying to import into the new system and have that set up. So, um, again, I could get off, I'll get off my soapbox, but um, I would say priorities. Uh, that wish list, kind of non-negotiables, as well as that budget and um, realistic and understanding those timelines that the providers need. Those buckets are so great. I could not agree more. Uh, the only other thing I would add is, as we talked about earlier, how you know when I was going through this process, I did that homework up front. So when yeah. it got to the point where I needed to get in front of my leadership to get buy-in, it was a no-brainer, the choice that I had picked, because I could make the business case for it's going to save us this much money, this much time, create efficiencies, give managers more time in front of employees, create a better experience, all the kind of things yep. that I wanted to check the box for. So I really encourage those listening, do your due diligence on the front end. Yeah, it's going to be time-consuming. It totally will be. Implementation will be time-consuming to do it right and make mm-hmm. sure that it flows, but that upfront investment is going to be so important for the success long-term. 
Yeah, and I think the the question I would pose too is, you know, if there is what we've seen is, you know, sometimes the C-suite or the CEO, CFO, they are wanting to get technology running fast. They want it up in two months, make a decision, um, let's buy it, let's implement it as quickly as we possibly can, but they're not the ones who are going to have to do the work. So, you know, there's going to be sometimes that disconnect and what ultimately you can do is partner with that provider, set that expectation up front and say, listen, if we want to do this right, we can do it this way. And here's what that looks like and understand what is driving that catalyst for change. What is pushing it to be that fast? If you can't figure that out, then maybe we should really think about doing it uh, the way that, you know, is best practice. Um, is is going to set you guys up for the longest term success because this is not a one and done relationship. This is an ongoing partnership. This is not a commodity. This is not a check the box on a spreadsheet. Yeah, we work with so-and-so. This is a partnership. This is a, a relationship that needs to be governed ongoing. Um, and nine times out of 10 implementation timeline, getting those things set up on the front end can make or break that relationship. So let's make sure that we're doing what we can to set ourselves up and our business and our employees up because they're the ones who would ultimately suffer, right? If that, if that experience was less than what you were wanting from the front end. So completely agree. So if somebody's listening and they want to get in touch with you or BTR, what's the best way to do that? Our website. Bentech, R-E, or B-E-N-T-E-C-H-R-E.com. That's the best way you can find us on social media, Twitter, LinkedIn. We'd love to hear from you. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on and having this great conversation with me today. Thanks you so much, Sherry. This podcast is brought to you by Paylocity, a leading HCM provider that frees you from the tasks of today so you can focus more on the promise of tomorrow. If you'd like to submit a topic or appear as a guest on a future episode, email us at pctytalks at paylocity.com.